You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 66, Owen Rubin stops by to talk about innovative leisure in, what is it called? Mountain Lion. Isn't that Cougar? Mountain Lion is Cougar? Tech fan 66? Hey everybody, Tim Robertson, uh, tech fan number 66. Like I said last week, uh, David was flying out to Botswana again. I believe he's already there. And uh, he unfortunately couldn't be on the show uh, today. He was hoping to maybe push it back a little bit. But um, weekends are really hard for me to podcast because literally I do it from home. I don't have the studio anymore. And my wife has to take our kids, there's three of them that live here in this house, and bundle them up. And that's not always the easiest thing to do during the wintertime. I mean, it's nice today, but who knows what tomorrow is going to bring in Michigan. So like I said last week, I was hoping and planning on having Owen Rubin on the show. And I do. Hello, Owen. Oh, i got to unmute. Hi there. <laughs> I'm talking and the thing's muted. Yeah, just going Good on. Morning. Why is Tim ignoring me? <laughs> Technology, it's so wonderful. Owen is one of those uh, people that I love having on the podcast, and every time I do, I think, God, I got to get him more involved in podcasting because I think you're really good at it, Owen. I know you like it. I do like to do it. Thank you. I just time is always a yeah. thing for. Well, especially you, now. One of the reasons, and I and I said this last week that I wanted to have you on it on the show this week, and we'll get into it all. Is uh, Innovative Leisure, the new company that you're a part of, yep. and you know. Nobody else in the gaming industry and in the iOS industry is really doing this, but maybe uh, uh, an IL podcast covering your games that come out once a month. That would be kind of cool. I, it's possible. You know, I can't – I have to sure. – we have a whole big group yeah. of people and everybody's got to say, yeah. Well, I'm just going to throw it out there though for you guys. But it's – you never know. You know, it would be it, neat. You know, and you're right. No one is really doing it. That's an interesting idea, a game podcast. I mean there there are so many games on the – on iPads and iPhones and mobile well, devices. Well, there are game now. podcasts. There's, I mean, you have uh, the the Touch Arcade. They have their own podcast, and okay. there's actually a lot of them that focus on iOS games. But yours would be a little different in that you're actually a game developer. So I it, am. it would be. I am again. How about you are that? Again. Um, but before we get into all that, we were talking about. Um, I, I'm trying to give up, and you can appreciate this. And I've mentioned on the show many times, um, I'm a Mountain Dew drinker. I require, you are. <laughs> I, I require a lot of caffeine to get me going. And I don't like coffee. I I love the smell of coffee, especially a really a deep roast, the you know a dark roast. The, just that oh, yeah, smell. Coffee smells wonderful. Oh, I love it. But I, I, I can't get myself to enjoy it. I've tried and tried. I've had very. Well, I mean, you have to put milk and cream and, and, or yeah, cream and sugar, tried. and of course, then you're back to soda again. Right. And <laughs> I've tried. I've got a friend who helped build. If you go, to, if you look at, uh, if you do a Google search for the wormhole, Chicago. The wormhole. Yep, it's a coffee shop, and in the front window is the Back to the Future DeLorean. Oh, how cool! And I've had the guy on this show. Oh, he he sure works is. for it's me cool. in Chicago. At Max Specialist. He built that DeLorean. His name's uh, James Tillipaw. He built So it. he made a copy of it. Yes. 
Okay, that's geeky. And that should be at the geekiest show ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I've had him on Tech Fan a while back, like a year ago, and we talked about how he did it. It's pretty amazing. But they're actually going to move it out of the window and put it somewhere else in the store or in the, the bar. Star Wars things all over. This place it's, looks very. It's very. It's a very 80s. geeky place. This is very fun. It's very eighties. That's the kind of. Yeah. Uh, it's geeky eighties. It's awesome. I love the place. I've only been there once, but I really dug it. And they made me. Um, because of J- who James is and James is like, Hey, this is my boss. <laughs> they so made me like coffee. the most expensive coffee they have because I told them, I, I, I don't like coffee. I've tried, I've oh. tried the cheap brands and I, sorry. And he said, here, you know, this, you're going to like this. And I did it. And you didn't. <laughs> did. Well, it didn't. see. So coffee is a weird thing because you can get like, it's really funny when I worked in this, at this last place, I worked this, this company in, in, uh, in the on the peninsula in Silicon Valley, there was a Pete's Coffee, which is a they're actually moving out through the United States. Is a local coffee roaster that, if you read the whole story of of Starbucks, you'll see Pete's was really um, responsible for helping him get going. And then there's Starbucks, and right near us there was a Pete's on one side and a Starbucks on the other. And there are people who hate Starbucks coffee but love Pete's, <laughs> and people who hate Pete's coffee and love Starbucks, and they're both coffee. Yeah. Okay. And Pete's is this real dark roast, and my mother calls it burnt. It's yeah. really, really strong, dark coffee. I happen to love it. Um, but if you don't like that, see, I used to say Pete's makes coffee and Starbucks makes coffee drinks. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, there were people who just would not go into Pete's who love coffee. So this guy may do a dark roast, and you just won't like it. It can be bitter to some people. Uh, some people taste the oils more than others, so they don't like that. So coffee's well, there's, a real there's the acquired huge, taste. Yes, and there's huge coffee connoisseurs just like there are wine connoisseurs. Yeah, there are. And, and coffee runs that gambit, strangely. Uh, but I've always liked my tar juice, which is what I call Mountain Dew. What do you call it? Tard juice. Tard juice. Tard. <laughs> tard. Oh, tard, tard juice. Yeah. I thought you were making a Star Trek. No, I, t- I take the R-E off of tard. So it's just... Tard. Yeah, instead, of, instead of retard juice, I just call it tard juice. I have a good friend who used to drink it by the case, and yeah. so he's cut himself down to one a day. Well, that's... But he likes the red, too. Well, here's... Oh, Mountain no, I, I don't... Those guys who know Mountain Dew. So. Yeah, no, I, I'm the green only. <laughs> um, so here's the, here's what happened. On well, I, I this week I worked Tuesday through Thursday at Max Specialist in Chicago, right? Okay. So it was Tuesday morning that I decided, okay, I'm going to get off of this crap. So I woke up Tuesday morning and I didn't have. Now, did you, why did you decide that? Because it's it's not good for me, and I want to yeah. lose weight. And so the plan was, when I'm in the hotel in Chicago, there they have a really nice workout room. Okay. So I thought, and these it's, it's when I say hotel, it's a suite. It's a okay. embassy suites or something like that. And I thought, you know, if I stop drinking this and I start working out a half hour a night while I'm in Chicago, because I don't do anything anyways, but sit in the hotel and watch movies and read, um, I'm going to lose weight. That's just, that's going to happen. And I, and okay. I have a fairly healthy diet to begin with. I don't eat yeah, a whole you lot don't of crap. Look, and you've never looked really heavy to me. No, so. but my belly's there. So yeah. I want to, I want to get rid of that. Welcome to aging. Okay. Well, yeah, at forty-two, it's <laughs> it's more difficult. But I figured if I if I drop the tar juice and I start working out, <coughs> excuse me, it's going to happen. Okay. So Tuesday, I'm real excited. I get to Chicago. I had one in the morning driving there, 
but it's a three hour drive and I thought, okay, I'm just, this is the last one I'm going to have. Tuesday goes great. I switch <laughs> over to water, bottled water and, um, oh, like crystal light, the little things that you put in with no sugar uh, to flavor. I'm a crystal, I'm a crystal light addict and we yep. can get there in a second. Yes. So I switch over to that and it, it tastes good. And I like, uh, I don't like DeSanti bottled water. It has a grittiness to it. I don't like, I like Aquafina. But regardless, that's what I'm drinking. Tuesday goes fine. Isn't DeSante is the Coca-Cola one, right? Yes. Well, see, there you're a Mountain Dew guy, so you don't like the Coca-Cola water. You want the Pepsi water. I'm sorry, that bad pun. but It probably has something <laughs> to do with it. I, I wouldn't doubt it for a minute. And the bottle's the same, you know, so. Well, you so, know, like, DeSante, I had to tell you, we got a, somebody to explain DeSante to us. The local Coca-Cola bottler takes the water out of the municipal water system and runs it through some kind of osmosis process and sticks it in a bottle. And then they add a little packet per bottle, although it's done in a big right. bucket, right, of things, stuff to to the water, you know. That, I don't, I don't, I don't like the in there. It's, it's probably minerals or something to – but it's just your local water. Mm-hmm. So I find DeSante tastes I, – I bet you many are like this, but they taste different. Yes. You well, get one here, it tastes day, different Mountain than you Dew, one in L.A. Yeah. I, back in the 80s when I used to drink Mountain Dew, because I had quit it for a long time. Right. Um, I drank it here in Michigan, but then when I moved to Houston, Texas, it tasted totally different. I didn't like it at all. And it uh, was yeah. because of the different water the bottling companies were I'm using. sure that's what it, that's at least what I think anyway. Yep. That's my that's my theory anyway. And I didn't I never liked Pepsi, but I liked Pepsi in Houston at the time in the eighties. It tasted different huh. and I kinda yeah. liked it. It was closer and that to may Coke. Too be the, that may too be the water. You know? it, oh I'm sure it was. I mean they're using the same recipe, <clears throat> but if they're using different water, it's gonna taste different. So regardless, I go through Perfect. Tuesday with only one bottle, I switch to water, everything's good. I wake up Wednesday. And I feel pretty good. And I had exercised that night. In fact, I did the, uh, you know, the little bike thing that you can ride and it, it measures yeah. your heartbeat. I've got a really good heartbeat, but I, I did like almost eight miles on the bike in a half hour. Okay. It said I burnt either 150 or 250 calories. I don't remember. But I felt good my until I stepped off the bike and my legs went, whoa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt good. And I felt good about the changes that I'm trying to make. So I wake up the next morning. I still feel pretty good. I go through the whole day, and uh, I have to take computers from one of our classrooms downtown Chicago to our classroom in Villa Park, Illinois. Okay. I get to Illinois. Uh, I get to Villa Park around. <clears throat> I'm going to say three o'clock Wednesday, and I'm starting to develop a headache. Oh, by three thirty. Yeah, by three thirty, my headache is debilitating it's so bad so i go back to my hotel by four lay down sideways on the on the mattress and i'm out not completely wow. i keep waking up because my head's pounding so much okay i finally wake up at around <clears throat> i'm gonna say nine and my phone's beeping and i've getting email and my head is the worst <clears throat> it's the worst headache i've ever had Ouch. And I'm, okay. it's obvious what the problem is. I've completely knocked myself out of caffeine. Yep. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, I get a call from a guy at work who's first on the car call list for uh, the alarm system. I'm like number two, but they got to hold him so they don't have to go farther down the list. Okay. And he said, our Villa Park store, they're registering um, an open door. In motion inside. 
Can you look, do you have cameras you can look at? I did, and I do, but unfortunately the camera wasn't working. Uh-oh. So he said... Of course it's not. Yeah. My cameras, in, I have cameras in my house, and whenever the alarm goes off here, they never work. I haven't figured quite out why, but last time a plant fell over and set off the alarm. It happens, especially with yeah. the motion one. So yeah. he, I say I'm going to go there because my hotel is literally less than two miles away. Okay. And he lives 40 minutes away. So I'm going to go... Uh, my head is just killing me. I feel like I should go to the ER. I mean, it hurts so bad. And my wife's like, it's because of caffeine. I'm like, yeah, no shit. And so um, knowing that get- I have to go there. Okay. And he calls me back and says ADT actually says there's also a fire alarm. And the fire and the police are already at the complex. Wow. And I'm like, whoa, something's going on. Now, in our store in Villa Park. In the back room is where they have all the master fire stuff. Okay. So either I'm thinking one of three things have happened. Our building is on fire and we're screwed. <laughs> uh, we did have a break-in and the police have responded. And for whatever reason, the, the alarm was tripped as well for the fire and they're there. Or there's some there's a problem somewhere else and the fire department, who has a key to our building, went in to access the fire control system, thus setting off our burglar alarm. Oh, Thankfully, okay. it was the later. But not so something went wrong with the fire control? Was there actually a fire? No, I'll tell you what happened. This is pretty crazy. <laughs> knowing that I have to go deal with this and knowing how much my head is hurting, I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm going to have to drink a Mountain Dew or something because I'm going to have to be by dealing with something. By the way, like aspirin that. will work. No, it didn't. I had already taken an aspirin when I first you got You got to make sure you take one that has caffeine in it. Yeah, well, I didn't have those. So I chug a Mountain Dew, get to the store, and by the time I get there, my headache's pretty much gone, which feels much better, but I'm also disappointed because I just had a Mountain Dew, which I didn't want to have. (laughs) Sorry for laughing. (laughs) So I get there, and where we're located, we're we're a little bit away from the street, our complex, Yes. and there's an abandoned restaurant that sits a little higher than us, maybe three feet higher than us. Okay. Uh, a little bit of distance away, but it's in a direct line from where we are. And there's a whole bunch of fire trucks there and police, but they're all kind of standing around. There's no hoses or anything like that. And I notice the ground is just saturated everywhere. So the first thing I do is I go in and I reset our alarm system, but the fire alarm is still going off. And huh. the fire alarm is not part of our business. I don't have anything to do with it. I can get into it, but I don't. I, I have no training on it. I don't know. So I go up to talk to the fire department, and they tell me that this restaurant, which has been abandoned and for sale for like three years, had a busted sprinkler pipe. Oh, good. And it's been going like this for weeks. When they opened the door, it was like Niagara Falls. They said they have never seen this much water pour out of a building. Wow. And because of that, they were scared that our entire complex got flooded because that's exactly where the water headed towards. But it looks like the drainage system took care of it, and we didn't get any water at all. But something happened, and it screwed up the fire alarm, and it shorted it out, so it keeps going off. And uh, that was my – I was there until midnight. Fun. Yeah. That was was my – Story of how I'm trying to get off Mountain Dew and why I had to break that and and drink. So now you're so now you're doing. Uh, I'm doing no more than two a day. But now you're doing uh, well, maybe three. Now you're doing uh, Crystal Light, 
Otherwise well, known in the as, morning, I'm having otherwise known as Kool Aid for right, adults. Yeah, it's made in the, in the same factory. In the in the morning, I'm doing a Mountain Dew, and then I'm okay. off Mountain Dew until probably around three o'clock when I start getting a little bit of a headache. Okay. Then I have another one then, and then I have another one more later, so I can actually get some sleep without my head pounding. My plan wow. is I'm going to have to wean myself Sorry. off of it instead of just cold turkey. So in a week, I'm going to cut one of those out, and the week after that, I'll cut another one out, and then I'll be done. Okay. I, I can't do it cold turkey. <laughs> it hurts too much. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, eventually, you know, uh, I start getting in better shape, and then I'll also quit smoking. But the only way I can quit smoking is if my wife does, too, because I can't be the only smoke, the only non-smoker, you know what I mean? Yeah, my parents did that. They just said one day, hi, we're going to stop smoking now. Uh, and they did. And, I mean, they just quit. Boom, done. We're not smoking anymore. Well, I think that's the only way you can quit smoking. Well, the way my mom said it is, is next time the price of cigarettes goes up, we're going to stop. Mm-hmm. And they did. Yeah, I now, said as that every a, time. As a kid, that was a pretty awful couple months in the house. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> you can imagine they weren't in the best of, you know. So that, that was uh, how I'm trying to quit smoking and learning about the fire alarm system. At Max Specialist. <laughs> I just wanted to share that because I thought it was a fun story and, you know, yeah. everything else. Well, that caffeine is nasty stuff. I mean, I, used to, I was never, I was never a major soda guy. I, I you know, and I, and I, I stopped soda because my doctor kept saying, you know, you know, the, the carbonation leaches calcium from your body and just, there's all these reasons why you shouldn't do it. So I just said, okay, I'll stop. Right. I just figured out I'd better stop. Well, I started on Crystal Light because I tend to like flavored waters. Yeah. And my wife said for a while there I was the poster child for Crystal Light. Um, <laughs> I, I was, we were, literally there were, and there still are up in the cabinet, and there's for a different reason, all these, the, I happen to like the Crystal Light punch flavor. I don't know I why. Too. It, I like that it as tastes well. like It tastes like the old Hawaiian punch I had it as a does. kid. It does. Yep. I think that's why. And I was drinking, you know, I was making a, the two quart oh, yeah. bucket of that comes in those little two quart things instead of using the bottles because it's a lot cheaper. And I was going through one of those a day, and I just finally, you know, I, my wife would say, you know, the inside it would stain the counter red. You know, my yeah. inside of your body looks like that. So I have cut that out too. Uh, so I know what, and that too. I, you know, I don't know what was habit forming about that, but I was craving it. So uh, I think if you do anything a lot, and then you completely cut it out, there's always that. Wow, I missed that. Yeah. So before maybe. we get into all the technology and stuff, I thought I would share something with you because we have very similar views on, on life and what we think is stupid about society. And we, we, we're we pretty much in alignment on stuff like that. I we think. are. I would say we are. Here's something that happened two times in the last week with companies not wanting to take money. <laughs> Which Sorry, is laughing, counter, I, know, counter, I know where this is going. Yeah, it's counterintuitive. So the first thing that happens is uh, I didn't get all my rounds done on Monday, so my wife was going to go make the mortgage payment on Tuesday. Well, our mortgage has been sold like four or five times since I bought this house, right? Okay. And her name was on the mortgage. When we bought this house, it was together. So her name was on the mortgage. For whatever reason, the bank that has it now doesn't have her listed on the mortgage. I've been through this. And 
that's actually brought me to another idea of I'm going to request from the bank a copy of my mortgage. And if they don't have it, I'm going to sue them saying I don't owe them any money. Because if they don't have my mortgage papers, then how can they prove I owe them any money? Good question. And I, I saw a big 60 Minutes thing where the mortgage companies lost just thousands and thousands of mortgage papers. So I'm going to give that a shot. There's nothing to lose. Or you could just stop paying your mortgage and see who actually comes after you. <laughs> well, they're going to say I owe it, but if they if if I request the documents to show that you don't have my mortgage, because right. in essence, your mortgage is that piece of paper you signed promising. It's a promissory note, right? Right, right, right. If right. they don't have that, then I shouldn't owe them any money, right? Well, I, I keep my fingers crossed for you. Yeah. So, anyways, she goes to pay the mortgage on Tuesday. She gets there, She said, and they, she says, you know, I want to make a mortgage payment. And she says, uh, do you know the account number? She says, no, I, I don't know it off the top of my head, no. And they've never they, given me, like, a little card or anything. The only thing that I know it, that it's on is the the, week, uh, the monthly statements I get saying it's time to pay your mortgage. Okay. So now, she, do those monthly statements have this bank's name on them? Yes. Okay. But I don't want – but I I shouldn't mention their, their name. No, don't mention their no. name. That would be like chasing my tail if I did that. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so she's there, and she's you know she brought the kids, and she's hoping that she doesn't have to chase the kids around, you know, while she's while there. she's in this bank, right? Yeah. yeah. But she didn't have to chase the kids around the bank at all. They were really good, so there was no chasing. At all, um, so of course, she, the, the teller had to go chase after the paperwork. Yes. Though, right? So the the she asked what's the name on the account, and she says, "Well, it's under Tim Robertson." And she pulls it up, and she goes, "Oh, you're not listed on here." My wife's like, "Yeah, we noticed that a while ago, but I should be." And the lady says, "I'm sorry, you can't make a payment on this account." Oh, for God's sakes, you can make a payment on anybody's account. And she says, "Why?" Well, your name's not on the account, and it's a privacy thing. And Julie says. I'm not trying to find out oh, what the balance I see. is. So they don't I'm want not... to give you the account number. I can understand that reason. Right, but they're not it's not printed on anything. No, no, that, I, yeah. So I I completely get this and and I'm going to tell you why. So uh well, I should let you finish your story and then I'll tell you what you know. Well, the thing um, is her license has the address. Her last name is the right. same. She, no, no, I get it's that. It's obviously that she's my wife. And she's I'll trying tell you to about give a bank them money. that's in America that I had a similar so, so they they finally let her, but they acted like she, they were doing her a favor, and it's like you know we're trying to give you money, yeah. And with every all these foreclosures and all the stuff, why are you making it difficult for us to pay? Oh, it's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Why? So Julie and the I have that conversation. They have to be really careful. Yes, but we're giving them money, and right. she's made the payment many times, so it's not like you know uh, an unheard of thing. So to go along with that, uh, at, at Max Specialist, I pulled everyone's credit cards away from them for the most part. Okay. And we went to a, you have to fill out um, an expense report and all that. Yeah, it's the right way to do it, mm-hmm. I think. But anyway. But a lot of my guys uh, are going on sites and they got to park downtown Chicago and it gets pretty expensive, gas and parking and all that. And I didn't like the idea of, People basically giving the company a loan for a couple of weeks until we pay them back. I didn't like that aspect of of that. 
So we thought, we're going to go get these prepaid cards. Oh, that's an interesting idea. And with the prepaid cards, you can actually get an extra card. So they have one. We keep one in the office. Uh, and they still have to collect receipts and stuff, but they just swipe their cards when they're going to park or get gas. And then we just refill the card on our end when they start running out or running low. So my office manager goes to reload these cards, and they don't want to allow her to reload the cards because we got one card in the, that person's name who's ever using it, and we got a second card in my office manager's name so she can go and reload these cards. And now they're saying you have too many cards in your name, and the primary card holders have to call to authorize. Or like, oh, for God's and sake! And now this is different because there's no paperwork, there's no anything. It's is this the same bank? This is Walmart. Oh, you know Walmart. the Walmart prepaid cards? They're visas. Yeah, and it costs three bucks to fill them, and that's much cheaper than having a credit card at you know twenty yeah. percent. And this is just simply her putting money on a card. This is not her. No, I, you're giving them money again. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's ridiculous. It's like, what the hell are you doing? We're trying so, to give you money and you're making it difficult for us. So wait, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to look up something while you keep talking. I want to look up something because there's. So of course, you know, the, the options are the, the four or five people that have these cards either going to have to call in and give their permission for her to be able to load money on the cards, which is where they make their money. Okay. Or they're going to have to come and get the cash and load the money themselves, which is a little bit dumb. Yeah. yeah, then you're back. You might as well just go back to what you had. Right? right. Well, I won't, but still, it's which means I have to load more money at a uh, at a time on the card, so they don't have to make quite as many runs to the home office to get the cash to put the money on their cards and wasting an hour. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, and it's like you know what. Get your head out of whatever hole that you you've conveniently put it in, banks and institutions well, that you, deal with money, and let people give you money when they want to give you money. I was trying to remember the the product. You know the company Square. Yes, yeah. we'll, we'll transition to technology here for a second. Um, they have that little card reader that goes on top of your iPhone, right? That, that anyone can accept credit cards. They also have. The same guy has another. I don't. It's not. You on still the have square. to sign up for a merchant account, by the way. Yeah. Um, no, I don't have a merchant account. Then was it just tied into your bank? Just or tied something? into my regular bank account. It just transfers to my bank account. Oh, my checking what, account. What do they charge as far as fees? Two point two point seven five percent per swipe, which wow. is in the range of what a merchant account charges you. Yeah, anyway. that's not bad. Uh, they do. Square has it. Okay, for those who don't know what Square is, they give you a free little reader that plugs into the earphone jack on your iPhone or iPod, and you can, you can swipe use your credit cards. Yeah, and 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 a little app, free app, and you swipe a card and you put in the amount, and a person can even sign the screen. You can have them sign the screen if you want, and then it charges credit cards, and they deposit it into your Square account, and then you can move that over. Um, if you take a few charges, I mean, for a store, it probably wouldn't work because I think after you get over a thousand bucks or something, they can put a hold on the money to make sure everything verifies before they give it to you. Uh, so they reduce their risk. But if you're having a cupcake sale with the daughters on the corner and they want to accept credit cards, this thing works. So uh, I foresee the day that I'm in San Francisco for the iWorld Expo and yep. the bums all have iPhone, iPhones, <laughs> iPhones with credit cards. And please swipe me a couple bucks. Any spare change? No. <laughs> you want to use your credit card? You can use your credit card. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
they have. A, I was trying to find it on here. The Square, the company, I thought had a an app and a case. I can't remember what it's called. You put your iPhone in it, yeah, I've seen and it that. turns your iPhone into a quote credit card that can be pre-authorized to charge. I have to look at it. And I'm that. wondering if there's a solution here. And I, I don't find it on their website, which is bugging me because I just heard someone talking about it the other day. Uh, well, there's a couple things that we're going to talk about after the break. Uh, Owen and I are going to talk about Mountain Lion a little bit. But more importantly, we're going to talk about innovative leisure of what Owen can talk about. And uh, we'll be right back. All right, now we're going to start the bidding out of video. Do I hear 59 or 59? I got video. Tired of hearing the same old podcast. You want something new? Want something different? Well, I don't know what to tell you. But check out the Apple Junkies podcast anyways. You just might enjoy it. And it's still better than listening to this guy. App reviews and news on your favorite iOS devices. The Apple Junkies podcast. So I haven't looked at what's new in here. What's new in here? Okay, we're back with Owen. And, yeah, we're talking about... OS X, OS X, Mountain Lion, and a couple things, Owen, they came out, Apple did, and said, like iOS, <laughs> Apple yeah, is taking uh, the Mac yearly. Every year, there's going to be a new Mac OS. As they creep it towards iOS. Or they creep iOS towards the Mac OS. I don't know. No, I think this one even says on their website. Yeah, uh, but it's... It, it says it looks... Because it's designed with innovations from iPad and works even better with iCloud. Right. They're taking the back to the Mac thing to the next level. Right. I have to be honest. It looks pretty good. It includes AirPlay now. That's very That's cool. That's really cool. Think about anything on your Mac. You can now send that entire screen to your Apple TV, thus your big flat panel TV. I have to admit, I hadn't played with AirPlay until recently. And had, it was, we were somewhere where the person had. I don't have an Apple TV. I, I haven't bought one, and for ninety nine bucks, I don't know why. Yeah, go buy I should one. Just have it's one. Um, and so I said, "Well, I, I need to put. I want to try this on your TV." And he goes, "Well, just play, push that button." I said, "Well, then what do I do?" He goes, "No, no, just push that button." And and I did, and boom, it was on the TV, and I went, "Holy crap! That is mm-hmm. like the coolest thing I've ever seen. It just works." Yep. And now that you're going to do that with the Mac, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah know, I mean, I, I'm looking at what Mountain Lion is offering, and. More than anything, it looks like they're getting some and much needed consistency between the iOS and the macOS. I'll give you an example. Instead of yeah. iChat, iChat's going to become messages. Messages. Right. Same thing. And you could send free messages via, it's not SMS, but it's messages, that platform, to any iPhone or iPad. They've added the notification center too, which I thought that's was a really great cool. Thing. I like how it's on the the right hand side, and you kind of swipe over to pull up your. You know what that's going to kill? That's going to kill Growl. It's well, it, it's depending on what they. It depends on what they integrate into it, but yes, it's very much Apple's own Growl. I agree with you. But it doesn't look like it's going to give you all the same notifications that Growl can. For instance, well, it will eventually. I think probably, but like for instance, I have Growl set up so when I upload, for instance, this podcast later to my FTP site. Now, granted, it only takes less than a minute to do it. It tells you when it's done. It comes up and says, such and such has been up. You know, I, I don't know if Notification Center is going to do that or not. I, I'm hoping they come up with, we'll see. I'm hoping they come up with an API that lets other other app developers they are. That's send, point. send to notifications. They I are. expect that's what they'll do. But only apps that are sold through the Mac App Store. Yeah, well, and then there's all sorts of problems there, isn't there? Yeah, well, that's a, that's for another day. Reminders. The sandbox, is, yeah. Sandbox. I, I suspect Mountain Lion's going to be more sandboxed, by the way. And there's there. some benefits to that. 
There really are, but there's also some hindrances for... You can't do an FTP program that sits in a sandbox. It doesn't work. Since it has to touch every file, potentially touch every file on your system. Yes. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that's going to work. Um, Reminders is a really good iPhone app that I have never really used. I use um, it. Exactly. But, and if you want, do you have a, do you have a 4S? Yeah, uh, yes, I do. So if you use Siri a lot and ask it to remind you of things... Siri's you know, down half the time I try to use it lately. It's really been ticking me off. Well, I suspect as more and more people use Siri, Apple's going to go, oh, we need better servers. What people don't realize is you have to be online, so you have to have a network connection. And uh, it basically sends your text up to a big server that chunks on it and sends back the information. So if the servers are heavily loaded or you don't have a good network connection, Siri doesn't work. So and Reminders I- is going to... To me, be more so you useful can, because I, I, I would I'm much curious if they'll have geolocation. What makes reminders so good on the iPhone is you can say, "Remind me when I get to the store to buy milk," and then right. Siri will pop up and say, "Hey, don't forget to get milk." When it sees you at the store, right. that's where reminders is. Or, or you say, "Remind me when I leave work to stop by the post office." But with it being on the Mac and tying it into your iCloud account, you could type up your grocery list. On he, on your Mac now, which is much easier to type on, and then it's just going to be on your iOS in, device. In the new improved Notes, yeah. Notes looks really cool. Um, I don't honestly, know. What share sheets? What is share sheets? I haven't got to. I don't know. Okay. Um, I watched the demo, but I haven't spent a lot of time because, like you, I'm a, I work. <laughs> so oh, you know. it says it, it's the easy way to spread the word. Share link photos and videos from many apps. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Game Center, meh. Whatever. I don't use, you know, I don't even use Game Center. I hate to say it, I don't use Game Center. I, so I, somebody asked me the other day, we counted up 238 app, I mean, games on my iPhone, because uh, I review them. Right. Uh, and uh, quite frankly, I don't use Game Center. I, you know, it was sort of an interesting idea, but, I, but see that I'm, uh, I'm not in the key social area, so uh, maybe that's why. Uh, but I tend to play games that are just single player anyway. Gatekeeper? Um, that's probably going to be the biggest news eventually, but it allows you to control what's installed on your Mac. Well, don't, but don't you have that now? Yeah. Not I mean, in the th- easy to use interface that gatekeeper looks like they're going to, or is this use. basically going to kind of jump on top of the, do you really want to install this? I app think that's what it's going to be, but I, again, I haven't played with it. I don't have the developer preview. I don't know if I'm even going to download it. Um, one thing, the, the Twitter integration is going to be out throughout the Mac OS, which, eh, okay. Oh, I see what the gatekeeper says. So you can either say download everything, download only apps from the App Store, or only apps with a particular developer ID. Right. Uh, I'm not so sure this is good. We'll see. It depends on how it's implemented. I guess if you're setting up a app, a, a, a system for your your kid... Or I don't think it's for you and I, Owen. I think it's yeah. for exactly what you just said, and people who aren't very knowledgeable. Smart, smart about, yeah. The, the, or the people who just always click OK without ever reading the dialogue. Right. I've helped people with their Macs, you know, and I say, OK, here's what you want to do. And a dialogue pops up, and they go smack. And I said, well, did you read what that just said? And they went, no, 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 I just always click OK. Ah, I see. Okay, so maybe for those people, this is a great idea. And better <laughs> uh, iCloud in your Mac. So, so do I have to admit that I'm not on iCloud yet? You're going to need to be. And I am going to need to be. Do you know why I'm not on iCloud yet? No. 
because I still am a heavy Quicken user. Oh, yeah. Well. And Quicken doesn't. Although Intuit sent uh, an email out to all their registered Quicken users that, and this is funny, I, I know the, I'm not going to mention the name, but I know the guy, at least recently, that was the product manager. And I gave him an earful on Quicken saying, you know, look, you started on the Mac. You were a Mac was your, your, you know, where your bread and butter was. It's the large, fastest growing computer now in market share. You look at PCs at 4% and Macs at 24%. And you haven't updated Quicken since 2007. And I said, it's really embarrassing. I said, it doesn't work with Lion, for example. So you're holding people back. Just go recompile it. You don't right. have to put and, the features. A lot in. of people don't realize why it doesn't work on Lion or why a lot of other software doesn't. If it has PowerPC code, right? Well, it doesn't work. Lion did away with Rosetta, thus it's not going to work at all. Now there are hacks to get Rosetta on a Lion machine, but I hear let's it's not be honest, Dave, It's no. not, but more than that, third-party developers get your act together. Yeah, this, is like the, this is the this only. Is this is a big right, developer. It's a big, and more than that, Owen, Mac is the only uh, PC that's growing in market share. That's what I just said. 24% a year versus 4% for PCs. Right. In fact, so, PCs been. So there. I gave this guy an earful. He's like, oh, we can't talk about it. I said, look, I don't care if you do a new version. Just go get your sources, which I, I'll bet money are written in high-level languages. There's no assembly code right. in your – and recompile it in Xcode with, for Intel. Just recompile it yep. and put out – to put out Quicken 2007.1, which runs on Lion. Okay? You don't, I'll even say don't fix the bugs. I'll live with the bugs I've learned to live with now for five years. Yeah. And and I got we got an email. Well, a lot of people who use Quicken got an email. Quicken's going to do that. Now that email was several months ago, and they don't expect it out until the summer, which means they're probably running a huge test on it to make sure it actually works well. Because yep. I guess they really don't want to look like idiots if it's not reliable. But you once that happens, uh, like more like idiots. Yeah. I mean, like I'm a. TurboTax user, I'm thinking of not using TurboTax this year. And that should be a very scary prospect for them. I just don't want to give them my money anymore. I'm yeah. really kind of tired of supporting a company that doesn't And really you've been supporting that, that company for, what, 10, 15 years? I've been using it since 19, whatever Quicken came out, 92. So we're talking almost 20 years. Yeah. 15 years. Whenever, I think 91, 92 is when it came out, maybe even a little before that. I've been a Quicken user for a long time, and I buy every update, and I buy TurboTax every year. And, you know, Quicken for years hasn't integrated it, Quicken with TurboTax very well. It's almost like they're separate companies. You know, you, you should be able just to export your Quicken into your TurboTax and be done. That's the way it used to work in the mid-'90s. We're, we're 15 years later, and they're worse than they were, not better. I think so, it's... Uh I think it's time for Mint.com to make take the next step. I would wish someone would do a Quicken-like program. No one else does anything that's anywhere and near with the good vibe that Mint.com has, in fact, a bunch of guys at work, we were talking about exactly this. Doesn't Intuit own them now? I, uh, I don't know. They might. I thought Intuit bought Mint.com. If they did, that's a sad, that's a sad state of affairs. Well, let's take our last uh, break here, Owen, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about... Mints from the makers of Quicken. There goes that product. (laughs) So much for that. So let's take (laughs) our last break, and then uh, we're going to come back and talk about Innovative Leisure. Okay. Hello, Peter. Oh, hi, Grog. What are you doing, Grog? 
Oh, downloading another podcast to my phone. A podcast? What is that? Hmm, podcast is like um, a radio show, except you download it, you know, from the internet. You could put it on your phone or your iPod. Um, you can download podcasts about pretty much anything. Wow, really? What kind of podcasts are out there for me? Well, Peter, uh, you are a teacher, so me think the best podcast for you would be TeacherCast. Go into iTunes and search for TeacherCast on podcasts, and you'll find it there for you. TeacherCast podcast has some of the best information for teachers who are wanting to learn more about teaching and learning and technology. It's a good podcast. All right. Thanks, Grog. A podcast. Hmm. TeacherCast. I'll remember that to go search for it when I get home. TeacherCast podcast. Thanks, Grog. And we're back. Tech fan number 66. Uh, before we get into uh, our last segment, I want to remind you guys how to contact the show. Tim at MyMac.com is the easiest way. You can record a message on your phone using, um, what is that called? Um, voice memo? And simply uh, email it to us. Or just, you know, type it out and send an email that way. I'm also on Twitter. It's at MyMac. Are you on Twitter, Owen? I am. Owen Rubin. Owen I Rubin? Think, I think no, I never remember. This is the terrible. I never remember my Twitter handle. Is that awful? That's pretty bad. You know, Twi- no, Twitter is kind of like your own phone number. You never call yourself. That's true. Um, so so I'm looking here, and I see my name says Owen Rubin there, but where do I see my actual Twitter name? Uh, click the at button for messages. I'll click my name. Uh, I'm O Rubin. O-R-U-B-I-N. Okay, there you go. So there we go. Now you guys have ruins. Uh, ruins. <laughs> Owen's uh Twitter. You can ruin me, that's right. <laughs> so you are part of a new startup that... Got a little bit of uh, attention a couple weeks ago. Okay, yes, I am. And VentureBeat had a big story on it, and they kind of highlighted as Xbox co-creator Seamus Blackley launches mobile game startup with Atari arcade veterans. Now, when I saw this, I went, oh, I know an Atari, and sure enough, there's Owen Rubin's name in there, creator of Magic Havoc, and... Major uh, habit. Major, what'd I say? I just got, I, I, and I'm going to have to go fast now because I just, my wife just reminded me I have to take her to the train. <laughs> oh, let's get going then. Um, okay, sorry. Talk to me about this company, Innovative Leisure, and what are you guys doing? So Innovative Leisure is us getting the band back together, basically. Um, it's a group of 10 or 11 of us. Most of us were early programmers at Atari uh, back in the day, doing arcade games. There's two of us are from the consumer side. And one of the things we've noticed is that when we, when we made games way back then, there wasn't anybody to copy. Right. You know, we didn't get to look at what did everybody else do. And, and yes, there are original games on, on computers today and the iPhone, but they're far and few between. And what we want to do is try to come up with new concepts and original games for the iPhone and iOS Right now, we'll start there. I think uh, we may end up going to the Android as well, just because it's a big market now. Sure. And so we want to try to recreate. We think it's the we call it the new arcade. If you look at the way people use their 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 mobile devices, it's what I call for the most part interstitial gaming, uh, short gaming, where ga- 
Angry Birds is a perfect example. You can play it for three, four minutes and put it down. You can come back later. It's not <laughs> Worlds of Warcraft, right? It's not, you know, it's not Call of Duty. It's not these great big long games, which I, I personally don't play those, but I have nothing against them. They're incredibly successful. But we want to go back to the arcade style of gaming where it is short and quick. And that's what Innovative Leisure is really about. How did uh, it come about? How did everyone get contacted and you guys come up with this idea? So Seamus, Seamus not Seamus, Seamus, which he got called at the award ceremony the other day, Seamus. too. Seamus Blackley um, used to be a uh, – the guy's an amazing, brilliant, scary guy. I mean he's, he's a physicist. Uh, I mean he's brilliant. and He was the co-creator of the Xbox. Uh, he was a creative arts agency, CAA in L.A., uh, uh, what's the word I went the, my mind just went completely blank because my wife is staring at me to go uh, agent for game developers so he was doing for game developers what CAA was also doing for stars and movies and uh, his wife uh, Van Burnham wrote this book called Starcade or Supercade Supercade and Supercade was a book kind of showing all the original arcade games and what she liked I have that book and they have a huge big arcade next to their house this big collection of games she collects games and and he thought gee you know this is the right time to put together a game company that'll kind of bring back the arcade feel and so he reached out to some of these atari veterans which he had worked with two guys two of the guys i work with that he knew and they called me and said we want to do this and we looked we got went through names and found people who were interested in doing this and basically built the team and we're right now we're in a prototyping stage where we are um we announced the thq as our partner at the moment uh so we are doing prototypes for thq and they will look through our games and say oh that looks like it's fun to build and we'll, and hopefully we'll get to build some games and you'll see something we are hoping sometime in the summer we're not promising website hasn't launched yet it's still just showing uh ILs all over the place we're the still pretty quiet on what yep. we're doing we can't talk a lot about it because we don't want to give away um, there's some fun game concepts. You know, we're do, we're trying to do development the way we did at Atari. Back in the Atari days, um, everybody walked around and played everybody's games while you were developing. And look, if the guy who created Asteroids walked into my lab and said, "Really, I don't like the way you're doing this," Owen, you listen. You know, I created two big games. I go to somebody and I say, "I really don't. This is too hard. I don't like the way you play this." They listen. You you know, you didn't like it because people are criticizing, but you got over it really quickly because these were all brilliant guys that all could do games as well. And you listened, and we want to bring that back. Um, we are, we're on Skype all the time. We talk to each other. We everybody must play everybody else's games. We uh, we use a uh, tool, an online tool that lets us comment like crazy. But I have to cut you short. Tim, because I got to go drive my wife to the train. Yep, I understand, Owen. But I wanted to thank you. I, I wish uh, we'd have got to this earlier in the show because I apologize. I, I can. I'd be happy to come talk about it when we have more to say. Well, let's we- definitely. You know, get the. Uh, I would really like to see if we can get some of the uh, other team members involved okay, in the I, uh, interview. As I gotta well. go. Okay. I gotta go. All right, I'll talk to you later, Tim. Sorry, Bye, Owen. Bye. And that's the fun part of doing a podcast. Sometimes you don't know if you're going to be able to uh, have the entire conversation. It's uh, one of those things that (laughs) had I known he had to go, um, I would have pushed that portion of the interview higher up in the show. And I would have just done the uh, snow or I want to say snow leopard. Wow. Mountain lion sneak peek information later by myself. But um, 
I think it's a really cool concept, to be honest. I think that getting some of these veteran game designers who, let's be honest, created all this originally. I mean, they were at the forefront of what we consider the golden age of video games and get them involved in this new round of gaming fun, uh, portability, uh, iPhone, Android, iPad, all those things, and get them to create some games with the same level of innovation that they did back in the 70s. And uh, Seamus, or Seamus, sorry. If I just look at his name, I'm going to say Seamus. I'm going to say Seamus now, sorry. Um, Somebody that was a pioneer in the home console market, as he was with the original Xbox, which, quite frankly, was an excellent video game console. I still have my original Xbox. It still works great. I've gone through, oh, I don't know, five Xbox 360s, and I still have my original Xbox, and it works perfectly. So, I don't know. That, that should tell you something, I think. I'm really looking forward to seeing and enjoying the fruits of their labors. And uh, I think you guys would probably enjoy it, too. These, you know, you don't have to be a young 20-something nowadays to come up with a game. Let's look at what the guys that invented this entire industry initially, what can they come up with? And I think, honestly, I think they're going to knock it out of the ballpark. At least I hope so. That's my hope. Of course, I never hope something bad happened to anybody. But in this case, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to seeing what they come up with. Getting back to Mountain Lion a little bit, one of the things that we didn't really get into was the new iCloud that's going to come out with Mountain Lion. Instead of being able to save just to your desktop or locally, you're going to be able to save documents and stuff to iCloud, and it's going to be seamless. And that ought to be pretty cool. Um, I'm wondering what kind of a competitor this is going to be to Dropbox. I also wonder what the new notes is going to be in the share sheets, how is that going to affect a program that I really like, like Evernote? It's very interesting. Apple has a history of rolling out features that were already there in third parties, but usually and generally Apple does a better job of it because they have control of the entire OS and it works really well. So I don't know. I I think that, uh, I'm a little nervous about a yearly update to OS X, and I wonder, are they eventually going to drop the big cat names? <laughs> I mean, well, okay, I thought, well, what's after Lion? Nothing. Well, Mountain Lion is after. But isn't a Mountain Lion a cougar? Maybe I'm getting that wrong. I'm pretty sure that a Mountain Lion is a cougar. And didn't we have a cougar release for macOS already? Yeah. Anyways, I, I think they ought to start going with dinosaurs. That would be cool. This release of Mac OS X, Tyrannosaurus. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Regardless, I'm obviously all in. Whatever Apple comes out with in the next release of iOS or Mac OS, they're going to get my money. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to update my devices and... I can't think of a time where I was dissatisfied with an with a new version. There was some things about Lion that I didn't like, and I still think that Snow Leopard was actually more responsive um, and did a better job overall than Lion has done. But I'm not dissatisfied with Lion, and there are some key features in Lion that I really kind of enjoy. 
There's also things that I never use. I never use Launchpad. Um, I use Mission Control occasionally, but not a whole bunch. I don't like how they got rid of the Save As feature on some apps. So there, it's it's hit or miss. And I have to be honest, though, Apple usually gets a, a, a hit. They don't usually miss. And that's why I cover the Mac OS to the extent that I do and iOS, not just with this podcast, but as the owner of mymac.com and uh, different podcasts that not necessarily recorded by me, but I still own and I still support and I still pay for. And as the COO of Mac specialist, I make my job, my, uh, my money professionally working in that space. And I, I, it's it's hard to say, you know, oh, I love the Mac, but I really do. And that's because it's given me so much professionally over the years. This summer is going to be the, if I'm not mistaken, the 18th anniversary of MyMac.com. And in that entire time, I've been the sole owner of that site. I've been the gatekeeper of the content that is produced by that site, which includes podcasts and videos and Nothing gets posted at my Mac without me looking at it first. Nothing. Unless a writer happens to go in there and publish it without saving it as a draft and letting me edit it. But then I usually go in there and unpublish it and correct stuff and fix it up a little bit. Um, and, and all that is due because of the Mac. I got into the Mac after Steve Jobs had left Apple. I saw him return. I saw him take this company to heights I never thought was imaginable. And anybody who said, oh, yeah, I've, I've been following Apple for years. I knew this was going to happen. They're lying. No one ever saw Apple reaching this level of success. Especially when I started my Mac in 95, there's no way. I mean, the genesis for my Mac actually started in 94, but regardless, there's no way anybody ever saw what the Mac would become. It's crazy. And the success of Apple... It's just crazy. No one saw it coming, especially me. I never saw it coming. And so when they come out with something like Mountain Lion, it's big news for me personally. And not just because I make my money because of the Mac and and Apple, but because I generally love their products, their aesthetics, the way they create things. I just love it. So... I'm all in. I'm looking forward to... uh, By the way, when I say, though, I I love it and I'm all in, that doesn't mean I can't be critical. (laughs) Because if you've listened to this show for any length of time or my stint uh, on uh, OWC Radio and when I created the MyMac podcast and hosted that show for X number of years, um, I have no problem criticizing something when I think it's wrong. But... As a general rule, I generally love Apple products, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. They're only getting better. I mean, the laptops are... It's the best laptops they've ever had. I am quite sure that the iPad 3, which I don't have any knowledge about... Apple doesn't tell me anything about upcoming products any more than they tell anybody else. But I'm pretty sure the screen's going to be a better screen. It looks like it's going to have a retina display. I think the iPad 3 is going to be a phenomenal device. Whatever the iPhone 5 is, I'll buy it. You know it's going to be great. I love my iPhone 4S. I love my first-generation iPad. The only reason I didn't buy the iPad 2 is it didn't offer 
enough of anything else that I didn't already have and needed. But I'll definitely buy an iPad 3. There's no question. So I'm all in. I can't wait to uh, to get my hands on Mountain Lion. I don't know if I'm going to install it or not on my uh, on my iMac. I, I, I'd rather let other people kind of take the hit and uh, they can deal with the instability. I have work to do. so. But I'm, I'm all in. I love the products, and I know you guys do too for those that are Mac users out there that are listening. I know there's a lot of PC users that also listen to the show, and um, my loving the the Apple products doesn't mean I don't like anything else. I love a lot of technology, and that's what this show's about. Usually, me and David, our love for technology. And sometimes that love can can mean we're overly critical of a product because we want to like it so much. And when they get it wrong, it it just bothers us because we know how great it could have been. So with that, I want to thank Owen Ruma for coming on the show uh, once again, and we're going to have him on again. Hopefully he could get some of the team members from Innovative Leisure to come on and we can talk about some products. And, um, you know, they don't want to give too much away until the product's about to be released, obviously, but... Yeah, maybe we could talk about, you know, the creative process, how that works. I'm very interested in, you know, how the collaboration there works and how these veteran game designers collaborate on each other's products. And I think that would be very interesting to to find out. Tim at MyMac.com is the email address or feedback at MyMac.com. Either one of them will work. They come directly to me at MyMac on the Twitter or slash Facebook slash dot com slash my Mac is my Facebook page. Make sure when you go to Facebook or I'm sorry, make sure when you go to mymac.com, there's a Facebook thing on the side, on the right hand side. Like my Mac, please. We're almost at a hundred. In fact, you know, while I'm talking, let me go up there and look. See where we are. I think we were at like ninety-eight or something on uh, how many likes mymac.com had. And right now, we're at 97. So, I, just three more of you, and we hit 100. I'd really like to see that in, in triple digits. So, go to MyMac.com and click the Like button for Facebook to like MyMac.com. I'd really appreciate that. So, with that, I'm going to wrap up the show. Uh, hopefully, David will be here next week, and we can talk about Mountain Lion and anything else that happens in the tech world between now and then. And in the meantime, stay a tech fan. Stay a tech fan.